Hello and welcome to the Relationships Are Underrated podcast. I am your host, co-host, Trip Kramer, and alongside me is your other co-host, Jonathan Asley. <laughs> What's so funny? Why are you laughing? Because we have this thing about host, co-host, you know, like... We're... Well, we're co-hosts. We're both hosts. I know. Well, we're hosts, we're co-hosts. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about a topic I love. Well, the topic is trust. And why I say I love it is because it's oftentimes a topic that is so underrated. Oh, very good. <laughs> well, under let me reframe that. It's under-discussed. I think it's a topic that is so under-discussed in relationship because I think human beings oftentimes have it as a kind of a an expectation and not a conversation an expectation to have trust from the other person or to trust yeah in other words it's not a conversation i think happens to actually talk about trust in the beginning stages of a relationship or even a season relationship it's oftentimes there's a word i'm thinking of and i can't come up with right now but I agree. I keep coming up with you underrated. No, but it's un, under discussed. It's underutilized. Underappreciated. Under, well, I think it's a lot of unders. It's underappreciated, under discussed, underutilized. Well, it's a lot of unders. <laughs> I get it. People are not taking advantage of that conversation when it's one of the most important conversations in yeah, a relationship. Yeah, it's so... I'm, I'm, it's expectations. I, I got... It's expectations. A lot of expectations. Oh, let's say unspoken expectations in relationships. Unspoken. That's the word I was looking for. Thank See, you. This it's is why very... we're co-hosts. Yeah. <laughs> because we finish each other's... Oh, my God. Because Sentences? we finish each other's... <laughs> Sentences? Okay, maybe, maybe we're not. Maybe we're not going <laughs> Finish each other's what? What were you going to say? No, sentences. You just took forever to say it. Oh, no, no. I, I was just playing with you. But isn't that what Megan's supposed to do is finish all your sentences? Yeah, well, it's funny. Megan and I have a joke, even though it's from a, I don't know, I think it's from a movie or something. When I say, oh, we finish each other's, and then she says sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> we know each other so well we finish each other's oh. sandwiches okay so we're talking about trust yeah. underrated underappreciated unspoken and and i think the big point you're trying to say here and i would agree with you on this is the fact that relationships when they start don't often bring up the topic of trust or what trust means to them, or how they can feel more trustworthy of each other. It seems like it's a common conversation that's only had when trust is either broken or someone's feeling untrustworthy for some reason. Yeah. But it doesn't really come up as a conversation. And I think that would be kind of one of our tips here, don't you think? Even though we haven't really defined what trust is, which we'll, well do in a second. Well, I'm going to... So, yeah, I think it's important that we, you know bounce off of each other how that conversation looks i think it's important to to and i say bounce off because folks as you're listening to this you know we don't necessarily i mean we are prepared but we don't necessarily talk to each other beforehand we kind of we share our experiences in the moment and in this particular conversation you know trip i i think a lot about trust 
So and then let, let's let's go into that because, as you know, whenever we have these conversations with vague terminology to be on the same page, I like to define it. So okay, why don't you start since you have yeah. a really good idea here? You're on, you're almost yeah. about to say it. What is trust? <laughs> okay, so most people Webster's think of dictionary trust defines trust as well yeah no i'm not gonna what, what do, do you that yeah what do you think trust uh, is i think most people think of trust in the way of mostly centered around fidelity in other words centered around are you going to be faithful in a relationship that's okay, where so i think, think most it's people, just about that no just i didn't about being say faithful. that didn't say that i think most people think of it in that terms okay to me trust is can I count on this person when the chips are down? Can I count on this person to care about my feelings as much as I care about my own feelings? That to me is trust. Can would I you, count on this person? Would you, can you count? Okay. Yeah. Can you count on this person? Yeah. How about counting on the person in general? I need you to pick up the kids at five. Will you do that for me? Yes, honey. I will be there and do that. So I think of it, well, that's a, okay. I'm going to differentiate between an action, like that's a, that's a request, okay? I need you to pick up the kids. That's a request. Well, you what trust I'm that talking, person will do that, right? Well, I, I mean it more, okay. I mean it more, does this person care about my feelings as much as I, like, do I care about, I'm going to point at you now, Trip. Do I care about your feelings as much as you care about your feelings? And the other way around, I'm really talking about it from the sense of, of really caring about how the other person feels. Do I trust this person cares about my feelings? Do they have my best interest at hand? That to me is ultimate trust. I guess I was bringing in this idea of congruency your actions match your words would you say is that a different conversation that to me there's something in there about trust is you sure, want to that's, be with someone that's integrity i think of that as i mean we can we can parse words for a moment and say the difference between integrity and trust but first off your actions consistently matching your words that's being an integrity when you see that consistently trust has been built in other words, oh. you can count on that person's actions. By the way, we're all going to fail. You know, I, hey, I meant to pick up the kids and I forgot. And they're sitting at the playground by themselves. No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but we are, we're all humans and make mistakes. So, I mean, our actions consistently match our words. It's not absolutely match our words. But that helps you. I like what you said there. That helps you build trust in the relationship if someone's able to match their words, their actions, then you start to trust that person. But, but I, right? Yeah, and I've got a couple more if you're really interested in hearing. <laughs> I am, but but that doesn't necessarily have to do with fidelity. What I just said there. That's no, what, I, I, I'm trying to differentiate. I don't know if it's only about. No, that. I didn't say only. I think people tend to think about it in those terms more than what we're at. They don't actually necessarily, like we're now bringing to light trust in a way that they, I think most people don't think about. Because remember, we said this is an under, you know, under, you said unspoken, the words, unspoken, unappreciated. Yeah, conversation. And so it's usually kind of at the 40,000 foot level. And we're talking about it now at the base level, at the ground level. Okay. Okay. So you had a few, are more. you ready for some more? 
I'm ready. So I think trusting that your partner, not just actions matching words, your partner is in what I call victor consciousness and not victim consciousness. And the reason why I put this in the area of trust is I see a habitual pattern with a lot of couples that they're blaming their partner for the problem instead of you take ownership of your part and the other person takes ownership of their part. And because of that, it's difficult to build trust when your partner's always pointing the finger at you and they're pointing the finger at you. And interesting, you might want to, you might find this interesting. Most couples therapists, when couples go into therapy sessions, they usually, each person is pointing the finger at the other. They're not taking ownership of their part. And you can really trust your partner when that partner says, you know what? This is how I screwed up. And I invite you to share how you screwed up kind of thing if there's conflict. So taking responsibility is what I'm hearing. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Taking personal responsibility for what happens. Not, is another, not is another way that helps build trust. Oh, gosh, yes. Absolutely. Because... Where does drama come from? Drama comes from people not taking ownership on their part. That's right. That's right. Because that's where the fights come in. If no one's taking ownership or it's a lot of pointing fingers, you're not going to resolve the conflict, whatever no. that conflict may be. And how can you trust this relationship has the legs to go the distance if conflict is... Look, there's going to be times where you can agree to disagree. I understand there's going to be times where there's two differing points yeah, of view. Yeah, you won't always be on the exact same position all the time. Yeah. It's two human beings Most... having two different experiences. So I think another form of trust centers around transparency. Transparency. And what I mean is, if something is material to the relationship, you tell your partner you're transparent you're vulnerable you're authentic you're transparent so let me give you an example you lost your job you know and some people could take months before they tell their partner they pretend to go to work and they pretend to do things you know they're not transparent because they're afraid of how the other person might feel and that's actually a biggie obviously that i'm sure but it could be something even small and by not sharing that with your partner, if that ever comes out, you've literally broken trust in that moment by not being, again, if it's material to the relationship. I was just going to say, because you don't have to tell your person every little Everything. thing. No. I wouldn't think so. I pick and choose what things are going to be important to discuss and what are not important to discuss. There's times when... I know maybe I want to vent about something or talk about something and I go, is this going to be really helpful for the relationship or is this something I can kind of deal with on my own that's not pertinent to the relationship? I have those conversations in my head, in my yeah. relationship. And if it ever comes down to, no, Trip, this is important to talk to, to talk with Megan about. This is something that involves her. And if it ever comes down to that point, then I'll definitely bring that up in the relationship. And what you're saying here is that the act of doing that is what trust is. It's like that's almost what building trust is and trust is at the same exact time. 
Yeah, it's looking at your partner and saying, you know, we're part of this team. And if something, again, if it's material to the relationship, you know. I, okay, what would be an example of something that's material to the relationship that someone might want to bring up? Well, I was just thinking of something that might not be. Uh, can I can I play this a different way with you for a second? Because sure. I was thinking, what if you've been, you know, I was watching a cartoon the other day and this ex-girlfriend shows up at a guy's house and he hasn't seen her in 20 years i think it was family guy you know <laughs> but the thing is and and he had no intention of having this happen do you need to bring that up with your partner or not you know i almost would want to because i think it's an interesting story and i yeah and but i would know that she has trust in me and that's another thing knowing that your partner has trust in you so you'll yeah. be able to comfortably speak those things like, so would I be able to say comfortably they, say that to my partner, yeah. if my ex? Well, then, showed up see, somewhere. that's where trust is because trust also is knowing that you can share something like that, and it's not going to there's not going to inflame jealousy or whatnot. Because I think really where I was coming from in that particular case, if you know your partner has a propensity to jealousy, would you even? Well, actually, would you even want to be with a partner that has a propensity well, of jealousy? Well, as That's you know, another... I was with someone who was very jealous, and I definitely yeah. held back a lot of things that were not pertinent. There was nothing that I did that was untrustworthy, but it was something that I decided to leave out of conversations because of how jealous my ex was. Now, if that ever, if anything ever happened to me, that would typically cause a, someone who is a very jealous person to become jealous. I comfortably can say those things to Megan. And I love that. That is one of the yeah. best parts of our relationship is I can say those things. I have no problem. You know, I'll, not that this ever happens, but if it ever were to happen to me, if I had a girl hitting on me in my DMs, yeah. would I show her? Probably, yeah, I would because okay. I think we can both laugh at it. And also, I would hope that if I showed that to her, That's so let's say a girl DMs me, it's building trust. Now, by the way, there's probably some people listening to this. Well, that's what a narcissist might do to pretend to build trust. But I, I was just oh my god, that, that is so that's super manipulative. <laughs> I know. Let me show you this because so I can prove I build trust, and then I can be a total jackass the rest of the time. Right. But Ooh. let's not go down this road. So, actually, in my past, my most significant relationship after my divorce, one of the things I loved was we used to have our computers. Like we used to work on the coffee table uh, or the kitchen table and my computer be sitting here and hers would be right across from me. And we left our computers open all the time. And not once did I ever think she would go inside and look on my computer and vice versa. I never once, I mean, sometimes I even used her computer, but I never looked around at emails because you know what we had, it was like, I felt safe with this person that usually our smartphones and our computers can be very private devices. I mean, what an amazing feel. Absolutely. What an amazing yeah. feeling to be able to leave your laptops and, and phones out. Yeah. And, and knowing that your partner has your password and feel totally comfortable to go take the trash out, go take yeah. a shower, go run an errand. I would feel totally comfortable doing yeah. that. Now, I have and a I friend. I hope my partner would feel the same way. 
Yeah. I was just about to say, we have a mutual friend, but I have a friend who was in a relationship with a woman, actually several women over the years, literally would constantly want to look at their phone. And, and I know for a fact, he wasn't a disingenuous guy. It's just that people that have inherent mistrust, I think they often operate from a place of just absolute mistrust. And it doesn't matter what happens, what they look at, they don't see anything. They're still feeling a sense of mistrust. I think it's natural to feel mistrust to a degree. I think, I don't even know if mistrust is the word. I think it's suspicion, it's, curiosity, maybe. Curiosity would be more on the light side of things and on the more darker side of things, it'd be mistrust. Yeah. But I mean, listen, I'm not gonna lie. I've absolutely in relationships felt curious, maybe even at times suspicious, of what's happening in the person's phones and emails and things. It's just the difference of acting on them. Yeah. And I I remember once I dated a gal who was, you know, super gorgeous, multi-rich, had men hitting her all the time. And I came close to going to her computer, you know, like looking at her emails. And I go, I can't, I wanted to, but I pulled myself back. <laughs> Stop bullshitting. You did it. Come on. No. Come on. No? Nope. No. Nope. Good for you. Good for you. I mean, I, trust. But, it, the, but the temptation, it wasn't about trust either. It was really more my insecurity. Temptation. I, That's yeah, the one. temptation, it was there, my insecurity. And quite frankly, even if I did or didn't look at it, it was more about that issue was me being really insecure. Totally. A lot of it does come from insecurity, comes from having... I think it can come from a lot of things. It can come from past relationships, having mistrust. It can come from your childhood wounds, having any kind of situation with a parent where they broke your trust. And then that starts to leak into your relationship. You know, guys who have mommy issues, women who have daddy issues. And then that mistrust starts to leak into the relationships because you've experienced that in the past. So sometimes so, it doesn't even happen from actual relationships itself. So, you know, I'm thinking about this. I think the reason why I was feeling insecure was because we really didn't build strong intimacy with each other. And I suspect that many couples, even some that are listening right now, the reason why there's an insecurity in the relationship, which may cause a mistrust or a, a doubt of trust, is because not enough real intimacy. And so, for example, with you and Megan, you know, the fact that you feel like you could tell her if someone did, not that this is happening, but if someone did a past relationship emailed you, you know, you would tell that to Megan because the two of you have built a strong foundation of intimacy. And when I say intimacy, I always mean into me see, into me see. In other words, it's there's, a, there's that strong level of trust beyond that fidelity we talked about, but really, you know this person really has your back. And I would say, I didn't feel that in that relationship. Therefore, I was more suspicious 
so it was partly my own insecurity and partly because it wasn't built. Well, how do you have the conversation? I think that was what we were talking about earlier. And I think that begs talking about now is, okay, you're just getting into a relationship or hell, maybe you've been in one for a couple of years. And even though it's a couple of years, maybe things are still, you know, really smooth. How do you have that conversation? And what do you say? What are you saying to sit down when there has been no issues of mistrust or any sort of suspicions you know what I'm saying? You're coming from a place of everything's fine, but you're, do, you're having this conversation as a way of prevention. So well, how do you have a conversation about trust? And you say, so, into me, I see. And you say that all the time. And I love it, Jonathan, because it's clever, but I have no idea what that means on a specific level. Into you, I see. Into me, I see. See what? What are we seeing? What, what's, what are we talking about? What is actual intimacy? So... One of the things that I like about a book that I'm going to talk about many times while we record our podcast is a book called Eight Dates by Drs. John and Julie Gottman. And one of the chapters in here is centered around trust and commitment and how to build it. So I, again, I started this conversation by saying I may not be the expert in this topic per se, and yet there's an amazing book that literally outlines the conversations to have in the area of trust. And I'm turning to it right now while we speak. Well, it's interesting so because there's a, there's a chapter about trust and commitment. Yeah. But what we're kind of saying here is that entire book, which is all the com- big conversations in a relationship, actually help build trust and commit. Well, not commitment, but trust. Exactly. That's the thing. I I suspect many couples naively go into the process of, you know, you know, beyond the, you know, once you're in the dating mode and you just say we're boyfriend and girlfriend, rarely have I noticed couples, and I know this in my own life, have we ever had real conversations about what are we really even doing here? Because most of the time we're amped up on chemistry and attraction and the conversations around our values and our lifestyles and 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 all the different conversations that's written. I hear book. that, but that to me, it's there's some trust there, but that's about compatibility. And I think compatibility is another conversation. But let's really try to analyze trust for a second. What okay. conversations are you going to be having with someone where you're talking about trust? I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is the idea of have you ever had trust issues in past relationships? Do you have trust issues with me right now? Do you ever feel untrustworthy of me? Or a question you can ask your partner is what makes you feel what makes hold on, how do I say this? What makes you feel trustworthy safe. of me? I think safe. safe. Yeah, Seems and not good. in the physical sense, but in the emotional sense. I, I so, no, all of it. Well, no, I mean not just and. I said not just oh, physical okay. sense and emotional yeah, sense. For so sure, for sure. I think asking about past relationships first and just getting a sense of the person's relationship history. And this is more of a dating conversation. I I, I think it, it's important. No, no, no. To, I don't think so, my friend. I think that this is a relationship no. Well, what I mean well. is it's oftentimes a discussion 
uh, many couples these days talk about their past relationships before they actually enter into a relationship. So that's what oh. I meant by that. With that said, though, I'm really big on listening to a person's past. And what's fascinating, so let me tell you a quick story. This kind of relates, but doesn't exactly. But I, I just want to show how we can misconstrue the information we hear. So I once was dating a woman. And I asked her what happened in her marriage. And she said, well, I dated a narcissist, blah, 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 blah. I go, what happened to the last guy you dated? And she goes, well, I dated a narcissist, blah, 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 blah. And then I said, what about the guy before that? And it turned out like four men were all narcissists. So I thought to myself, oh, I'm not a narcissist. I'll be her hero in my head. And we dated for six weeks. And I realized we were so incompatible with one another. I ended the relationship. And do you know what she said on Facebook the next day? What? Another narcissist was literally all she posted. <laughs> and really? I realized, why didn't I, wait a minute. She literally telegraphed her pattern. And I miss, I didn't pay attention that what I didn't ask was the deeper questions because there was a, a level of victim consciousness going on and there wasn't that personal responsibility we talked about. So I think really paying attention to someone's past experience gives you clues on how they operate. And many people, they don't take ownership of their past. Look at, I'm gonna take ownership right now for everyone in my marriage, you know, good or bad, I take full responsibility. And I was an unconscious young man at the time. And I don't want to get into the particulars, but I was very unconscious. I'll I join take you on the train. I'll do it too. I take ownership, really? Jonathan. I take ownership. There have been past relationships where I was a jealous person and not very trustworthy. Yeah. And I'm not going to play victim. I'm not going to say it was you know, oh, it's because of this person. I used to say that, but now yeah. I'm taking full responsibility. I definitely had that in in times in my past relationships, even in times in my current relationship, very, very early on when you don't really know the person yet and you're trying to build that trust. And luckily, I have not acted out in any sort of crazy way, but I definitely didn't handle it emotionally well. And that had a large effect on those past relationships. So no, I know I we admit, talked about that. I've been there, and you know, I I really believe taking ownership on at least your part, and not you know taking ownership by you know I made the mistake of dating a narcissist. You know, like that's not really taking ownership, but take part of of really amusing that as an example, just go, you know, I got blinded by this and I take ownership by getting sucked in and whatnot, taking real ownership on your part of the dynamic, I believe at least demonstrates to a person that you can be trustworthy because if you're a victim, it's a victim consciousness, I don't mean a, a true victim, but victim consciousness, it's very difficult to build trust with someone that's operating from that place. Yes. And Man, it's such an important conversation to have. So important to have that when you're first dating, when you're getting, especially when you're getting into a relationship or even five, 10 years down the line, if you never had that conversation, it's good to be on that same page. And I know that the Gottmans agree with that because that's the very chapter first one. chapter. Yeah. That's chapter and, one. And that's so not I, an accident. 
So I also believe trust is built through the storms of a relationship, through the threshold barriers, the conflicts. That's that's really that's where the deeper roots of trust can be built is when you have a challenge, a difference and you come at it as a team and you have another challenge and a difference and you come at it as a team and you have another one, another one. When you come out of these as a team, you really are building the deeper roots to trust. And I want everyone to think of trust like think of it roots to a tree. If you don't have roots built in your relationship, what happens to a tree trip in a hurricane wind that has no roots? Exactly. And it's probably one of the most important aspects of a relationship. And it's the most un... What was the word? <laughs> Unspoken? Unspoken. <laughs> I have a, There's another word in my head I'm trying to get out of me. It's underrated. <laughs> Unspoken. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It is... I like what you said earlier, too. We were talking about this. I like what you said, team. I love that word. What an underrated. I love saying that word now with us. Uns, often unspoken conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think that the word team, the idea behind team is what relationships are all about. That is what I wish we learned in school. This is a whole tangent we can go on another time. It legit makes me angry that there are no classes in high school. There's no classes that I know of in college that talk about relationships, relationship building. And if I were to teach that, it would be about, I would speak about team a lot. It might be the first lesson. What is a relationship? It's a team. It's not. So what does that mean? It means you're not going in there for yourself. And you were saying this in the very beginning of this episode about trust. It's about caring about the other person. It's about caring about the other person's feelings. That's teamwork. That's a team, which is what I think a relationship is. So I know you would like it to be taught in school. My perspective is a little bit different. I think when we're teenagers, our level of comprehension, our brain hasn't been fully formed. And I don't believe there can be a true appreciation of this at that age, especially if you're not actively experiencing it, and especially when we men are doped up on testosterone and you know dopamine and everything else. So it's, it's very difficult for especially men to hear this. Now, I would say it'd be great to be role modeled this, but oftentimes we don't see behind the scenes of our parents and and most of the time, what we do see is maybe the dysfunctionality of a relationship and not necessarily always the healthiest parts and really how they got to heal, you know, how they really overcome their conflict. So, you know, it's interesting when I got married the first time we did with a priest, we did couples counseling or couples work something together. And our attitude was, oh, we're so in love with each other. We don't need this. We're good. We're going to be we're fine. So good. I'm going to feel this feeling forever. Yeah. yeah. And we were so like, you know, like we didn't pay attention to it. And even if we did do a little bit of it, we really didn't care. I think sadly, this is one of those things in life that you learn through, you know, they say good judgment comes from bad judgment or, you know, like this is something that's learned 
through the two by fours. Yeah. Yeah. I know it'd be great if it was taught. And at the same time, ultimately, and that's why I'm happy that we're doing this podcast because my hope is to draw attention to conversations like awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Awareness. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the, one of the biggest reasons why we started this thing is because we talk about relationships to such a degree. We have such an interest in them. And we always say to each other, why isn't everyone talking about this? At least I know I say that to myself. Why aren't people talking about this? And my hope, and I'll speak for you too. I know you agree here, is that these episodes are bringing up topics, some obvious, some not so obvious, that someone might listen and go, oh, I didn't really think about that. Oh, okay. I didn't really think about yeah. that. Yeah. That is something to, to just think about, to be aware of. You know, someone listening to this episode is in a relationship right now, maybe thinking, have I had these conversations with my partner? Do I trust my partner? Does my partner trust me? Do I feel like I'm in a partnership? Does this feel like teamwork? Do I feel yeah. like I'm jealous a lot? Does my partner get jealous a lot? Is that a problem? These are all questions I hope that people are bringing into themselves. And if not, well, I just said them all right there. But And I'm really hoping that couples are listening to this together. It's not, you know, one person's just listening to this in a relationship. It's like, I'm a big proponent of couples listening to podcasts together and then having conversations about it because that builds trust. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I also I, hope, I was thinking about this. Yeah. We're two dudes talking about this. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I used to have a podcast in 2009 called Dudes Talking About Chicks. <laughs> uh, this this is almost like a very specific version. Dudes of talking about relationships. It was kind of an oxymoron in this. Or is that the right terminology? No, not an oxymoron. No, that's not right. But it's, well, it's not typically men talking about relationships. That's what I meant. Exactly. And that's my point is it's dudes talking about relationships. And I think that brings a unique vibe to this kind of podcast because there's not a lot of other podcasts out there where it's two guys. So my point here is, is that I do encourage any of the ladies listening to bring in your dudes to listen to this. And maybe that's a selling point. It's like, oh, it's not just like some cheesy, like, you know, girls having chit chat about it's like two guys and they're and their opinions and thoughts on it. And uh, we're getting a little bit. By the way, I looked up the term oxymoron because I used it inappropriately. (laughs) Yeah, no, oxymoron's like jumbo shrimp. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was thinking of it because it's two guys talking about relationships. So it's not common. That's for sure. It's not common. That's why I was looking for that, thinking of that term. So, okay. So. We talked about how to build trust from the beginning. We, we yeah. touched upon that. We talked about why we think trust is important. At yeah. least I think we did, right? Yeah. And we didn't really touch upon what happens if trust is broken. Can trust be repaired yeah. if it's broken? So, I uh, well, I absolutely believe it can. It's I believe really, it can. It's really hard, isn't it? It's well, really hard. Usually, when trust is broken, and and let's, I, well, I don't want examples use the, of how trust is broken. Let's let's get. Well, examples. I was thinking fidelity, and that's yeah, always, that's fine. That's a big okay. One. So I think for two couples to bring, to come back together when there's infidelity, first 
There, well, hold on. Before we get into bringing okay. back trust, let's just talk about a few of the different examples. So, oh, okay. how so you can fidelity is so one. fidelity is one, right? So uh, someone breaking a on promise, someone. breaking a promise, yeah. Like, well, like I'm going to pick up the kids, and then you don't. You know that would be breaking. Oh, a promise. Oh, sorry, I I got drunk with my friends and I didn't get the kids. <laughs> That yeah, that will break trust right there. What other forms of breaking trust? Well, because we don't like... do it that often. <laughs> we haven't done it in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I looked it up. Here we go. Okay. To help us out a little bit. Okay. Okay. Eighteen ways to destroy trust. Ooh, these are good. It's okay. fun to go to the internet sometimes to help us out. <laughs> You're so uh, good at that. Talking behind someone's back. Oh. Refusing to ah, this is you, Jonathan. Refusing to accept accountability for their actions. You talked yeah. about that. Throwing someone under the bus. <laughs> yeah, like like saying that like in front of the person. Like if Megan ever, yeah. if Megan ever put me down in front of her friends. By the way, couples do this a lot. That's a thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole episode probably. That erodes um, trust big time. Oh, big time! I would be so upset. Asking no questions ever about their life. Wow. Yeah, that's, an, that's an interesting one. Well, because uh, that goes back to not that intimacy. Like, I want to get to know you at a deeper level. If you ask nothing, you know. I don't know. Does that destroy trust, though? I don't think that destroys trust. But Well, it's it's kind of look at it from the perspective of it doesn't build it. So then there's weak trust there. Yeah. Because being okay. curious about your partner and it's not how was your day, because most people's conversations are, how was your day going? Did you have a good day? I hope you had a good day. It's like, let's go deeper. Was there anything in your day that, you know, brought you joy? Was there anything in your day that made you feel sad? You know, and, is there and anything that if you could do this day over, what would you change about it? Yeah, that's a real conversation. But conversation, how's your day going? Did you have a good day? I hope you had a good day. You know, you sound like you're actually doing an impression that you're not aware of. I think you're a Seinfeld no, who, fan. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, oh, this, that's, it's, it's, it's Kramer. It's Kramer. <laughs> well, because I'm talking to Trip Kramer. <laughs> I think he's Jerry goes, Jerry, no, it's okay. Jerry yes. goes, uh, yeah. Oh, he's I, thinking about like, getting married. Yes. And he goes, you know, then you have to have dinner, and you're going to be sitting at the dinner room. And you have to ask, you know, how was your day today? Was it a good day or was it a bad day? Well, what kind of day was it? <laughs> oh, I can't okay. believe it. Okay, let's back get back. to ways of destroying trust. Uh, this is kind of repetitive, but talking trash, gossip. Oh, no, wait, it's not. Talking trash, gossiping about others. That's an interesting one. Because um, if you're talking trash about someone else, there could be the belief that you might do it about your partner. Totally, totally. Yeah. Abandoning me when I need them the most. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Here's an example of that. You've had a really rough day. You're feeling down. And your partner wants to go out and... I don't know. Leave you... I want to be very careful when I say this. <laughs> I wouldn't say if it's like, oh, you had a bad day and your friend, or you had a bad day and your partner is going to hang out with their friends. It's like, that's fine. But I'm talking about when you have one of those, like, can you imagine if 
your parent died or some, or you got fired or something really bad Well, that's bad kind happened. of what I talked about before. If it's material to the relationship and you're holding back talking about it, it erodes at trust because it says, you don't trust me enough to tell me this. Well, no, no, I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, and then your oh. partner wants to go off and hang out with their friends. Oh, gosh. Well, that's I'm just, just... thinking of an abandonment. Emba- emba- but hey, I know okay. that sounds obvious to you and me. Like sometimes like, oh, duh, you would never do that. But I bet you it Well, happens. sometimes we abandon because we're in a state of fear. Okay, so someone's experiencing something tough. And then now my emotional capacity means I have to be there for you. And, I'm, and I might be going through my own emotional stuff. And my, my choice is to run away, not not as an intentional thing. I think it's really important to understand that humans don't necessarily do things to hurt their partner. It's just a byproduct of not having good coping skills. And that's kind of part of the reason why trust is eroded because a lot of people don't even have the coping skills to navigate their own feelings, let alone the emotional responsibility of someone else's feelings. Deep. I like Can that. I get an amen? No. <laughs> amen. Here's so, a, here's all right, so we rattled one. off a lot. I mean, here's one more, one more, one more, because this is good. Showing yeah. no desire ever to apologize. Oh, well, you see, now I wanted to jump into apology. Kind of like gaslighting, by the way. Very, very similar. So, one of the things I talk about frequently is the idea of something, what I call fighting fair. And what that means is in a healthy relationship, when there's a conflict, when there's a difference of opinion, it's really imperative that you listen to your partner's point of view and you accept your partner's point of view as being true for them and vice versa. It's learning how to do that and also taking ownership of your part of that. So when there isn't ownership taken, we've talked about this the last 30 minutes, it, it both erodes trust and it doesn't build trust. Yep, totally. Getting out of your ego and admitting when you're wrong. Yeah. Or and by the least... way, let's clarify, when we say ego, we're talking about the unhealthy part of ego that's the selfish part, not the part that also is self-love, self-care, yeah. that part of ego. Yeah, it's the one that is the kind of like the child, it's like the inner child that wants, yeah. that almost acts on selfishness. Exactly. Or an unhealthy love for oneself. It's like, you know, building your ego. It's sleeping with a lot of people builds an unhealthy ego. Where were we? (laughs) So we were talking about if trust has been broken, can it be repaired? And the answer is yes, I believe. The answer is yes. And it requires both people holding hands together and saying, we want to work through this. Most likely one person has to, you know, take ownership, have maybe a little bit of remorse or regret, and most importantly, remedy. Because a real apology is changed behavior. So even in that infidelity case, it's changing the behavior instead of, oh, I'll never do it again and brush it under the rug. That's just platitudes. That's not real change behavior. It's taking the actions of things we were speaking about earlier, actions speak louder than words, to build that trust back up. And I think usually when there has been broken trust, it's systemic of something that goes back even deeper. 
and that is there was a disconnect of emotional intimacy in the relationship at some point and little by little that lack of emotional intimacy I mean, you don't you know you said intimacy you're kind of like I know what does that mean but I really believe it's it's saying I want to see my partner warts and all I want to see not just the physical parts of who they am and also the emotional parts of who they are how they think how they feel what's yeah. going on in their head a little bit yeah and yeah. not again it's not about vomiting your feelings it's not you said earlier and it's you don't have to tell your partner everything but each day if you shared real even for and i suspect you and megan do this even for 15 minutes you just have a real intimate conversation with each other doing that every day builds a real strong root of trust well we ask I each other all the time something. we yeah. do what well, we ask each other all the time how are you well I, so much well, are you okay? I'm I'm sorry. I want to criticize that for a second. Not, not no, judge I, you, but, I, but it, I know what you're going to say. Okay, so I, I tell me something you, deeper you're, than that. You're gonna, but I have to say that I've been in past relationships where I never got asked that question. Hmm. So I understand that maybe it's not the deepest form of intimacy, okay. <laughs> but it is a it is a big jump from zero, my friend. Okay, and I think I that gotcha. I appreciate that in the relationship because, yeah, I agree. And I thought you were going to say this, and I even agree on this front that, uh, you know, it, it can be. How's your day going? Noise. Did you have a good How day? I hope How you had a good, good day. <laughs> was it a good day or a bad day? Well, what kind of day was it? <laughs> um, in my, will... I'm going to tell you something real quick. One thing I did do in my past relationship, and this helped build trust, was we every night before we went to bed, we shared three things we were really appreciative about each other that was like a standard oh really that's a snore <laughs> <I'm just doing laughs> f you buddy <laughs> no I, i'll tell you what i like that and i don't like that i don't like doing that every single night because i think it can be white noise just like saying how are you 10 times a day is also going to become white noise but well, doing we didn't that... know but we didn't sleep together every night we saw each other a couple times a week oh this was someone you were Okay, not living with. Well, are, we didn't live together. Either way, I think. See, this is where I think it's good. Where the if anyone was listening to some earlier episodes, talking about that that once a month meeting where you come together and you talk mm. about some of those things, it makes it more special. I feel. Which makes me think that maybe we shouldn't be saying how are you every single five minutes. It should be one conversation, maybe at dinner. How are you? Or it's, well, I know some couples, they do a once a week check-in and that's their time to really, you know, the good, the bad, once the ugly Once a week check-in's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then retrospect, you're right. That when we did do the gratitude, well, it was also right before making love too. <laughs> so it kind of set the stage. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Jonathan, do you trust me? I trust you. I trust you so much. Well, you trust me because you want me to officiate your wedding. I trust you. That's big trust. I Even though you've told me how, how nervous you are. You've told me how I'm nervous still you nervous. are. I'm still nervous. And I still want you to do it. That's how much I trust you. I just know you're going to do a great job. So I was you. thinking about it today. I know I'm going to do a good job. And you know what? I really appreciate that because that says you trust me. And... Listen, I've shared some of my most intimate, deepest, darkest, stupidest things I've ever done. And 
you still love me and don't judge me. And you know what? Actually, that's, it's the lack of judgment for even my foibles. I feel like at least, and I know that with several of my closest people in my life, that's trust. I can bear who I am and know you ain't going to judge me for it. You know what? That is really well said there. A good tip for people in relationships. When your partner is coming to you and talking about X, Y, and Z, if you bring a non-judgmental, empathetic attitude to the conversation, you are going to build some serious trust, my friends. Yeah. On that note, Amen. I want to thank everyone for listening today. Amen. We would absolutely love a five-star review on Spotify and especially iTunes. It helps bring the awareness, as we were talking about on today's episode. We want to bring the awareness to as many people as possible so everyone can have awesome relationships. And those five-star ratings help get the word out to as many people as possible. So thank you for doing that in advance and subscribing to the show. And we appreciate you listening. Signing off, this is Trip. And this is Jonathan. You always, what are you waiting for? <laughs> what am I waiting you always, for? <laughs> you always take that long break. We'll, we'll try it again. Signing off, this is Trip. And Jonathan. <laughs> You're being, what? What did we'll I do? next time. Ha, 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 ha.